0: Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette, And I'm Madeline. And And we we love Christian Fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hello, everybody. Welcome Welcome back to another episode of Redeeming Lit Podcast. Redeeming Lit Podcast, we're here. For a hybrid. We had so much fun with our yes. first two hybrids that we thought, let's do it again. We're not going to stop anytime soon. No, this, is, this, this, is fun. Fun. this is too fun. No, it's right? too fun. Um, so what do we got going on today, ladies? Whoa. <laughs> today.
1: <laughs> today.
0: We are reading... We we read. Yes, we read, I always you always do that, and I always do. Why do I do that? Okay. We read uh, the novel *The Wayward* by mm-hmm. Tabitha Katlinger, mm-hmm. and we just got done with a lovely chat with her, and we're about to dive into the book here. Mm-hmm. Super exciting. Yes. We also have a guest whoa, on whoa, the pod whoa. with whoa, us today, whoa, 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 whoa. friend of the pod, guest of the pod. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Guys, being on this podcast is literally now one of the coolest things about me,
0: so. That's, that's not, not true. true. That's not true. <laughs> He's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's very cool. D- Danielle, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Right.
1: I am thrilled to be here, literally. It's a bucket list item, so here we go.
0: Wow. Oh, I love that we're making people's dreams come true. Yeah. Yeah. come true. Walt Disney <laughs> Disney. Podcast <laughs> debut. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. okay um. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Sorry, it just went like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, to take us back on track. So, okay. um, the author, Tabitha Cavalier, reached out to us mm-hmm. and asked um, kind of gave her, like, this is what I've written. I think you guys might be interested in it. Um, would you consider? Uh, talking about it on the podcast, or when she asked, would she ask, could I be on your podcast for like yeah. an author interview? And then we looked over the books and I'm like, this sounds really good. Let's feature it yes. um, mm-hmm. on a hybrid episode. So thank you, Tabitha, for reaching out. Yeah. Yes, amazing. And um, disclaimers as usual, there's kiddos around here. <laughs> um, yeah, and so if you hear baby, everything's fine. As we always say, they're just a kid and need something. So, yes. so. Um, exactly. <laughs> Um, and um, you might also hear some snacking in the background. I'm not going to apologize for that because sometimes we get hungry during the episode. I would, I would never apologize for snacking. That. That's why I said we're not going to apologize for snacking. Good. I just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I stand with you on that. <laughs> that she's classic. Uh, no, I agree. I'm in complete agreement. <laughs> <laughs> encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. Not. <laughs> um, so because we're going to do this as a hybrid, we're going to jump into the author interview at the top of the episode. But before we do that, I think it's super important if we read the back of the book before we jump into the author interview. Mm-hmm. And as a special treat for all you listeners out there, we have Danielle, who's going to read a back cover copy of this book, The Wayward. Oh.
1: Okay, back cover <laughs> copy. Here we go. Wilder James has spent her entire life in Beartooth, secluded from the Nicanians and their domed cities where most of humanity resides. Content to keep her distance within the confines of her rustic community, she desires nothing more than to live out her years with her husband Declan in their simple mountain home. But when an unexpected tragedy rips apart her dreams and intruders pull her from the safety of her camp and into a dark reality, she discovers the shocking truth. The Nicanians are not bringers of peace. They're harbingers of death. Now Wilder must decide if she will protect only herself and her people or risk everything to try and free all of humanity. She is armed with the one thing her people have always had, faith. Will it be enough?
0: Ooh. Ooh. i be intrigued. That's <laughs> very <as laughs> usual. Always be wow. intrigued. Always be yes. intrigued. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> Well, that was so great. And so now we're going to jump in and talk to the delightful Tabitha. And then we're going to hop back into this episode and do a deep dive. And we're going to hear all about Wild Lord James and her journey. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome, everyone. We have another author interview. We do, indeed. So we are interviewing today Tabitha. Is it Kaplinger? Yes. Kaplinger. Tabitha Kaplinger. She writes um, this book specifically that we read Um, of hers was sci-fi dystopian, but you also write fantasy. Do you write fantasy as well?
2: Yeah, I write whatever um, I feel like writing at the moment, whatever, whatever story takes me. So my first books were like urban fantasy, supernatural. And then my next book was fantasy. And then this one is sci-fi dystopian. The next one is like paranormal romance. So Whoa. Whoa. whoa i don't like to choose a genre i just like to write stories i enjoy that's so that's awesome.
0: awesome i love that so much that's, that's I love that. um we also have another special guest madeline yes. do you want to tell us who our other special guest is our other special guest is one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world my sister-in-law danielle is here yay oh. i am so excited
1: <laughs> no literally the podcast's biggest fan this is such an honor
0: I'm so So excited you joined us. This is so fun. We had to have Danielle on with us because she's a big, she loves fantasy. She she loves dystopian. And we were like, ooh, you will love this book. Please read it with us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we should also mention listeners. I know that our listeners are going to know when they're hearing this, but we are doing a hybrid episode. So this interview will be part of an episode where we talk about the book because It's just so good. We just had to talk about it. I'm so excited to talk about this. Okay. Uh, So let's, we're going to jump in with our questions for you, Tabitha. We're so excited. This book was crazy. (laughs) This book was crazy. crazy. Um, Okay. So we have some, we kind of start with writing questions. So we want to talk to you about your process and what it looks like. And I want to know what inspires your characters and your stories. You just mentioned briefly that you kind of just write whatever you feel, but is there inspiration behind that?
2: Um, yeah, for most of my stories, inspiration starts out with it can be a uh, different things, but it's usually just some little image or song lyric or random thought or question that sticks in my brain long enough that I ask questions about it. And then the questions unfold to mm-hmm. a story eventually. So for The Wayward, there's actually a line in the book um, it's it like if you've read the book, it feels like the most random line because it, it it's like, what does it have to do with anything? But the line in the book where um, it talks about uh, his memories were like a highlight reel.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That was the first line that popped in my head of the whole thing. Wow. And so asking about what. So asking myself the question, OK, whose memories are are making a highlight reel, what's on the highlight reel, why is there a highlight reel? What's happening? That's wow. what led to the rest of the book. Which if you read the rest of the book, like I hate spoilers. So I'm I'm we spoil things on yeah, episodes, yeah, so feel free to spoil I just am very vague all the time because I just am like no spoilers. But if like based on the rest of the book, that's a very small moment that doesn't no, seem to make right. sense how everything else came from that so
0: but it did and that's how
2: most of my books start with just one image one song lyric one thought that just goes crazy and from there i just um once i have asked enough questions to have a basic story like okay now i know what's going to happen maybe i i just start outlining i make a pinterest board I make a playlist on Apple Music for oh, to wow. write to, and, and, that, and then I write book words until it's done.
0: Awesome. <laughs> that's nice. Very, that's my process. Yeah, very wow. That's so amazing. Have you noticed that, like, certain songs then will, will inspire you after that because you're so used to listening to them during mm-hmm. your writing process?
2: Yeah, I don't. Usually songs inspire the vibe more than anything else. And so it's I think there's one book that a song lyric kind of got rolling. But beyond that, it's more I will listen to songs even when it's still just an idea, a seed Mm -hmm. of something that I'm fiddling with. Songs will feel like, oh, that song feels like where this story is going or that song feels like this world and usually i just keep adding those songs to a playlist at, for whatever i have a book that i haven't started yet i don't even know what it's about but i have a playlist that i'm starting <laughs> for I there's a vibe yeah. yeah. there's a vibe and i know the vibe and so um but so i i because i lis- i like to listen to music while i write Mm -hmm. And I like to listen to music that puts me in the headspace of the characters and the world and the story. And so my playlists are like a really important part of my process. And they're a lot of fun.
0: That's so fun. Do you have any songs you could share with us from your playlist for The Wayward? Yeah, Yeah. actually, actually, I think you you guys know what what the vibe was, because I feel like now that you said that, I'm thinking of what soundtrack I would have heard while reading the book. I actually
2: (laughs) think, think that on my Instagram bio link, you can actually link, you can get the whole playlist. Oh, um, it's it's absolutely, I put them out there into the world for everyone to share, but I'm trying to, I'm looking it up right now. So I can tell you, cause I'm trying to remember I'm like two other book projects away from this. So I'm trying to, re- this is actually the wayward playlist is my favorite. Of all my ooh, book playlists. Ooh. It's my absolute favorite. So and it's got like everything. So I think the very first song I added to it was Colder Weather by the Zach Brown band. Okay. And then okay. um it's like it's got If I Die Young by the band Perry. Oh. Um Make You Feel My Love by Bob Dylan. Oh, right. That was was that the um, song? That's that's in there. Um yes. it, it's got um Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel um sober by kelly clarkson it's got some mumford and sons it's got Ooh. some reba some Ren collective some cheryl crow like it's very diverse it's a lot of like i don't know like it feels weird but when you listen to it it feels like the book like it just yes. it's it's a lot of it's the it's i don't know it's got broken by seether which just feels <laughs> off awesome. so it's kind of all over the place but it's yeah. It is my favorite playlist of all of my book playlists is this one. I was very proud of it. I'm almost as proud of the playlist as I
0: am. (laughs) That's amazing. Collaboration. (laughs) That's so fun. I love that so much. Um, So in your writing process, do you do any research? Because I feel like a lot of your books are very imaginative. So do you do any research or is it more that you just kind of vibe the music and let the story come to you?
2: It kind of depends on the book. So for my first books, they were set kind of in a small town that was inspired by the town I grew up in. So I didn't really do a lot of research for that because I knew the location. I kind of knew what I wanted the setting to be. It was all based on real life things. Um, And the rest I just made up in my head. So I did what Mm -hmm. I wanted. Um, (laughs) But then my next book, The Wolf Queen, because it has kind of some Nordic and Viking vibes. I did a little bit of research for that on like Viking funerals and clothing and armor. And um, I remember distinctly doing a lot of research and how many miles can a horse travel like in one day and things while trying to set up spacing in my world. Um, The wayward wasn't a lot of research because it Set in a future US, Mm -hmm. and and so anything that um, is made up was made up like everything else was normal. But I did do a lot of Pinteresting, yeah, that's a word, we'll make it a word. Um, and setting and vibes. So the wayward is a lot more, yeah, the wayward is a lot more vibes, Mm -hmm, and then the project that I'm working on now that I just started has been a lot more research because it's um, it's got some, it, it's got a very different setting. I'll just leave it there because I'm not really yeah. to share anything else.
0: About yeah.
2: It's got a very different setting that it can be mostly my imagination, but I have to ground, and for this one especially, I have to ground my imagination a, a little bit in reality and the reality of part of the world i don't know a lot about so i'm having to nice. figure things out
0: all right mental note keep an eye on what i'm going to be releasing in the future it has,
2: it has a code name i don't until i reveal a title my projects have code names
0: nice. so i can
2: talk about them on the internet Good and button. so this one is project poor unfortunate souls okay, okay. <laughs> You can, you can well, take from that what you will. Love it. Okay. And
0: we, <laughs> we will take We them. will take <laughs> <laughs> just that. <laughs> oh, Um, okay, so uh how did you get your start as a writer and did you always want to be a writer? Um
2: that's I did I I did and didn't always want to be a writer. I've always loved stories. I think I've always had a very vivid imagination. I've always had stories going on in my head. I just never thought that I would be a writer. And when I did start thinking about being a writer, I didn't think I would write fiction. Um, My husband and I have both been pastors. I'm an ordained minister. We've been pastors for 20 years. And so when I first started writing, I thought that I would write nonfiction because I thought that's what Mm -hmm. pastors do. And I didn't enjoy it. (laughs) <laughs> and so um, I got an idea for a story while working with some of my, um, some of the girls in our youth ministry at the time and listening to them talk about books and what they were reading. And I just, like I said, I always love stories in in any form. And I got this idea for a story. And so I started working on it. I was probably just about 30 at the time that I started writing it. And from there i just really fell in love with writing stories and so i kept doing it and there's probably there's a much longer story about writing and becoming a writer but it will take a really long time (laughs) to explain but that's the basic. i didn't really think that i was going to be a fiction writer and now i can't imagine not Mm -hmm. writing stories it's like i always have a story in the back of my mind it's kind of relaxing for me to write most of the time until I'm at it's it's relaxing for me to write a first draft that's very fun once it goes to my publisher and I get edits back then it starts getting stressful but um and it's it so for it's something I really just enjoy doing it's a nice creative outlet and yeah yeah I love that okay
0: okay Um, now we're gonna move on to book specific questions So what was your inspiration for uh, creating the, I don't want to mispronounce it, N- Nicanian? The Nicanians? Yeah. What was your inspiration for this race of aliens? Um, sorry, my computer beat. It was
2: a, a mix of a bunch of different things. I think one, uh, it, as weird as it is, kind of a, what started the path that they took Was actually, I love the show Stargate Atlantis and the Wraith Mm -hmm. Aliens. And so they kind of are a little bit, but not scary looking. So I was like, so that was kind of an initial like starting point for the Nikanians. And then, but then I wanted them to be very beautiful and very enticing and very alluring. And so I kind of started with that piece and then it morphed into what the Nicanians became. And then probably while I was writing, I changed my mind about a couple of different things about what they would look like and how they would function. Um, until I, I got to the point figuring out how they would feed. Mm, yes. it took a lot of, took a lot of time. Because I didn't want it to feel too much like villains in my previous books. (laughs) Okay. But also there are some things that I think are just villainous and evil and dark. And Uh, trying to figure out what that would look like. And I knew I wanted them, like I said, to be beautiful and bright and attractive. But then also have this dark side. So figuring out how to portray both sides of them without it being something that is given away. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have the dramatic reveal towards the end when like they're telling everyone, you know what their dark side is actually like. So it's like, if they knew that all along, that part of the story wouldn't have kind of come through. So I get that. Yeah. I, when I was reading it, I originally had this one doctor who episode is what came into my brain and would not leave. And um, honestly, I don't even, I don't remember anything else about the Doctor Who episode except for this one scene. And so for some reason, I think that was what, because of that, like, for the the way the creatures were. Yeah. Because that was in my brain, it kept it from being, like, too scary. Like, I self modulated <laughs> because I was like, oh, that's what they look like. Got it. And, this, yeah. and they never, like, it was like a perfect level of, like, intensity. Yeah but then i kept imagining this one creature and i was like okay i can handle that yes
2: you can do that i yeah. actually am the biggest chicken when it comes to like i don't do scary movies i, I don't, don't like do it. horror movie. i like i like i ha- i can name on one hand the scary movies that i will actually watch and beyond that i'm i really am the biggest chicken i it's funny cuz my favorite tv show is supernatural Which is totally creepy, but I don't watch it at night.
0: Um, (laughs) And
2: and I watch like, and when it, when I was watching like the, especially like the first two seasons, then it got way less creepy. But the first couple of, and I would watch like SpongeBob afterwards as like a palate cleanser. (laughs) (laughs) It's chicken. So in my own books, like there are demons and there are zombies and there are creepy alien soul eater things. And so, But in my mind, they're never, I don't think, as creepy as they are to other people. I don't know if it's just because I know and I know all the things or I picture them differently. But even with my first books, I because I'm such a chicken and I just really didn't think that they were that scary. I had a couple friends read them and they were like, I had to sleep with the light on. And I was like, are you for real? They were not. No, I don't. Yeah, like I don't. It's not because I don't get creeped out easily. I get creeped out very easily. I can't even watch the commercials for certain scary oh, movies that me. pop on. And that's enough.
0: Yes, I feel so, that.
2: So yeah. I feel like probably they're way less creepy in my, the way I envision them than the way maybe other people
0: envision them. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I get that. I had to reread the description a couple of times when, when we meet the first one with the same cat, Casimir. 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 Um, and I literally was like, is he is he a bird? In his towns like I was trying to figure out what he looked. And then I was like, oh, these dudes look like, like aliens. Like <laughs> And but scary. then as I read it and then they become kind of they have this dark sinister side of it. But it was one of those things initially I was like, Wait, is this a cute? He's town. Like I was trying to like really? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was glad I read those parts about the soul leaders during the day, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure when I got to the part where you finally start to like see that dark side of them for the first time I had like one hand on my iPad that I was reading and the other one just like clutching the couch like stabilizing <laughs> yeah. myself while I was reading it was scary for me and I loved it <laughs>
0: okay. yeah yeah very well written I think you're also a very descriptive writer so it was very easy yeah. to to picture and you're like wait what's <gasps> Oh no, it, it was so, so good. good super well done <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad I always
2: worry. Like, I never feel like I'm descriptive enough. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I could do more. Like, am I giving enough? So that makes me feel. <laughs> <better>. <laughs> like, okay. oh, yeah. That
0: was great. That was really great. So good. So good. Um, before we jump into faith based questions, ladies, any other book specific questions? We wanted to, Danielle, if you haven't too, you oh, can jump yeah. in at any time. Yeah, don't feel like this is just our show. The only, you know, the
1: only like book. Um, question that I, I don't know why you guys are laughing,
0: but this isn't our show. And Madeline goes, but it is our show.
1: (laughs) It literally is. You literally make the rules. (laughs) One of the like book questions that came to mind is this is, this is the first, um, of your books, Tabitha, that I've ever read, but I know that you have also written fantasy in addition to this being more like sci-fi dystopian Mm -hmm. is one category harder now now that you have like both of them that you have written do you feel like fantasy versus sci-fi dystopian like one of those is more difficult for you or do you enjoy one of them more
2: um I don't I think I feel more familiar with fantasy I think it's it like when I'm writing it feels more in my wheelhouse the wayward felt very kind of outside of that and I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's because of the genre or just because of the story itself, um, that story felt very different emotionally for me to write it than other things. It felt a lot harder to write from that emotional standpoint and things that the characters are going through. Then it it like felt heavier. So that made it hard. So I can't, I don't know that it was the dystopian sci-fi part of it that was that way or just the story itself, I think I like all different kinds of stories as a reader, as a TV watcher, as a movie watcher. I like all of the genres. I, I will go from Hallmark Christmas romance all the way to like deep fantasy sci-fi on the, and everything in between. So I, I kind of enjoy them all. And whenever I start writing something, I, I don't really, this is probably bad. I feel like somebody somewhere is like, that's really bad advice for writers. And so this is not advice, but this is just me. I don't really think a lot about the genre when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. I just think about the story. What is what is this story? What does it need? And honestly, for the Wayward, I had a really hard time categorizing mm-hmm. it. Like, was it sci-fi? Was it dystopian? Is it both? In my mind, it was always dystopian, and it was never really sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it had aliens, and so people were like. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm like, all right, I don't buy it. Like, I don't care. You can name it whatever you want, whatever <laughs> categories you want to put it in, you go for it. And one of my um early readers and street team members, she called it cottage core sci-fi. And I loved that. I was like, that feels that feels good. That feels yeah. right. But I don't like for me, I don't really think About the genre, well, I'm right now. Think about the genre norms. I don't think about the rules of the genre. I don't think about any of that. I just think about the story and what's how can I tell this story the best way possible. And so, with that, each one has challenges. Mm -hmm. But um, what I wrote after the Wayward is called Project Ghost Boy, and it's the paranormal romance. And it has some Easter eggs to my first trilogy that's like Buffy meets Gilmore Girls. And so this is like more modern urban fantasy. And it feels, to me, it feels very like fluffy and light because the the Wolf Queen and the Wayward were both so much heavier and and deeper. And this one doesn't feel that way. So that made me second guess myself a lot. Because I'm like, if people read The Wolf Queen and then they read The Wayward, are they going to feel like Project Ghost Boy is like this totally weird, off the wall, fluffy thing that doesn't meet their expectations of me? And then I was like, I don't care because it's fun and it's Mm -hmm. sassy and my main character talks to her cat a lot. And it was just it was what my heart (laughs) needed after writing The Wayward. After writing The Wolf Queen and then The Wayward, like I needed something that had a lot more witty banter and sarcasm and a little bit more fluff. And so, I mean, there's still some intense moments. And is he is he a ghost? Is he not? I don't know. But uh, we'll find out (laughs) out together. (laughs) But um, but I think I needed that. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of refreshing. And now Project Poor Unfortunate Souls will go back into a little bit deeper Mm
0: -hmm. well.
2: But it's, it's, like I said, I don't really think about genre. So I don't know. It's just whatever. The difficulties are usually something else that has to do with the story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm sure somewhere... Someone on my publisher's team is like, "We really wish you would think about genre a little bit." <laughs> I feel like someone somewhere is like, "You probably should. You should think about. You should think this through a little bit more while you're writing it." But I don't.
0: You won't hear that from us at all.
2: <laughs> just, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna write what I want. Yeah, I love that. Own it. Oh, that's
0: amazing. I feel like we could talk about that literally forever. Um, but I think oh we're going to switch to faith-based questions. So this okay. question is something I was thinking about a lot. Is <clears throat> And on the way, I was driving. I live about an hour away from um, Madeline and Morgan. And I was driving here. I actually kind of thought, is this even a, a good question to ask? But I'm going to ask it anyways. So um, did you find it difficult to mix faith with the dystopian world? Because usually in a dystopian world, it's it's all about there's a lot of hopelessness and and finding hope. Mm-hmm. But we have, as Christians, hope no matter what the situation is. So then that's why I was asking myself, is this even a question? Because we all face our own trials, you know, granted most of us aren't in a apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic dystopian world, but like, you know, (laughs) um, so I was just curious how you kind of mix the two and how you found that balance. Um, because it definitely read very well. Like there were so many mo- God moments. I feel like we're going to talk about that on the hybrid part of this episode, but also it was hard to read certain points because it felt so real and you're just, oh, what's happening, you know? So how did you kind of find that balance between the world that you were creating and your faith? I think for the wayward, um, tooth, helped hmm.
2: Like in my tooth was this place of hope and life and joy <laughs> And I I always intended it to be this very stark contrast to the Nicanians and Hope City and everything about them, that they're very clean lines and black and white and everything is like this picture perfect on the outside, just environment. And then you have Beartooth, which is messy and imperfect, but it's colorful and it has music and life. And so I think having that piece of the world that was so full of joy and hope made it easy to thread that into something, into a bigger world Mm -hmm. that had lost hope. And also for the wayward, that bigger world that had lost it, didn't really know they'd lost it. Yeah. Like they, they didn't really know that yet. And so it, until you kind of see it through Wilder's eyes you don't really realize exactly what it what the dystopia is and looks like. And so I think that part was it I I want to say it was it was easy. That and again part of it because I didn't really go, "Oh, I'm going to write a dystopian."
0: Yeah.
2: I'm going to write a story about someone whose memories are flashing through and why. Mm-hmm. And um and then because that was, I showed you the beginning, that was the first line, that was the inspiration. The second line that I thought of early on was um, Wilder's husband died on a Tuesday.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And wow. so those two pieces are what threaded together. That was actually supposed to be the very first line of the book was mm-hmm. Wilder's husband died on a Tuesday. And my editor was like, don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, but I really want to do that. <laughs> everything everything that is the front end of the story now was all flashbacks after the fact. Oh, and really my editor was it. like you need to let people fall in love with them first.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so if it hurt really bad it's her fault and okay. <laughs> because I was going to let you know right from the beginning <laughs> that it's bad and she was like no let them let fall in love with it all and then rip their hearts out. So that was on her. Um, but that, that was kind of, I had that line written in my notes um, along with the other one. Those two sentences were the first thing I wrote and they just sat in my notes um, for a really long time until other pieces built together. So, like I said, so I didn't know it was gonna be a dystopian. So I just,
0: I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm just trying to think how, how I would have felt like that was the first line of the book. I'm like, oh boy. What? <laughs> Hold on. Hold really like, on. Oh. It
1: would have destroyed me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough that it's in there at all.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was literally weeping. and I texted the girls. I was like, are you at this part of the book? Yeah. Whatever it was, or percent. No. I'm always <laughs> like, I'm
2: sorry when you get there. Whenever I know someone's reading The Wolf Queen, I'm like, Hey, what chapter are you on? And when they're like, Oh, I'm like chapter 30 something. I'm like, okay. um, When you get to chapter 40 something, I'm real sorry.
0: Uh (laughs) Yeah.
2: And, but I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. Yeah. But not really, but yeah. And so for the, for the wayward and moving it, felt really weird for me and really hard because that was like, that was the first line for it for two years while I wrote the book. And in, in, in my mind, that's how I wanted it to work. And, and I'm glad that I moved it. My editor was right. Krista Morgan, you were right. Um, If you hear this, I officially am saying it, um, but it's, but it, it, because it was, like it was heart-wrenching and it was supposed to be. And I think if it had been at the beginning, it maybe wouldn't have been as much. It would have still been sad, but like you wouldn't have had the attachment mm-hmm. to kind of make you feel yeah. what Wilder felt.
0: Yeah. I feel like you really got a snap, a snippet of how she, obviously it, it's character, but like you're not experiencing that for yourself. But like, whoo, you felt like, it on a deep level by even that early on in the book. So yeah, you did a good balance for sure. Okay, I think I'm gonna go ahead and move us on yes, to yeah. the, the fun question portion <laughs> of the interview. Uh. <laughs> They're all fun. But um, Tabitha, if you could have dinner with any fictional character or characters, who would it be, but they can't be your own? That's
1: rough.
2: <laughs> fictional care but they can't be my own. I think um oh wow. Cuz I would I would very easily say one of my own and it would probably not be who you think it would be. But Ooh, wait, now, now I'm what? not going to tell you because you said it couldn't be
0: my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like you ruined your chances. <laughs> no, it was, it,
2: if it was my own, I would say my um, little ragtag group of demon slayers from my very first books because they're hilarious and they have the best food. And so that and that's important. If it if it was another fictional character, I I. Would want to have dinner with Aslan from. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Yeah.
0: of course. Wow. Or um, my
2: second choice would be Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird and Go Set a Watchman, especially older Scout from Go Set a
0: Watchman. Okay. 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 Wow. Good choices. Imagine both Aslan and Scout at one (laughs) watch.
2: Especially Aslan and Young Scout (laughs) at the same. That would be. That would be (laughs) great. Those are. Those are some of my favorites, obviously like C.S. Lewis. I love so many of C.S. Lewis books. And so, but To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my top three favorite books of all time. And so I just feel like Scout is this really precocious friend character. And it would be fun to just, I don't know, talk with her about life and
0: everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it me? Yes. yes. Tabitha.
2: Do you have a top celebrity crush right now? My top celebrity crush is Jensen Ackles, always. Okay. But <laughs> more than him, it's really Dean Winchester, who is the fictional character they play. Okay. I, I very much understand that I have a crush on Dean more than Jensen. But fun story, because my husband... Um, just supports me in all things, including the ridiculous is a couple of years ago for Christmas. I had a very supernatural Christmas and he got me all kinds of supernatural Christmas gifts. Oh, and oh he goodness. had this one that he got me that he's like, he's like, you're going to cry when you open it. You're going to cry. I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm like what is like, I'm not going to cry. And he's like, you're going to cry. And I opened it and he got me a signed copy of the pilot script and so the i pull it out and when i realize what it is the first words out of my mouth were dean winchester touched this (laughs) that's what i said um and so and he's like i know i told you you were gonna cry like he fully <laughs> the like, yeah, yeah. That's
0: the most amazing thing ever! Oh my God. Also, great gift. Yeah,
2: amazing. <laughs> it was great. He got me like a keychain and some mugs and a poster. Um, we have another like little den in our house, and it's all decorated with like movie memorabilia and movie posters. And so it's got like Sam and Dean on the wall. <laughs> he got me that, and yeah, all we're missing is a tiny little like impala. To sit somewhere. Perfect. (laughs) That's what I mean. Some Funko Pops, but
0: yeah. i got to start somewhere though. (laughs) Um, Rounding out kind of our last fun question Do you have a favorite rom com? A favorite rom
2: com? Wow. That's also a difficult question. There are choices that (laughs) you're asking me to make. And I feel like they're definitive. I feel like I'm going to say this and then I'm going to be held to this for the rest of my life.
0: I like that you think that our podcast is
2: going <laughs>
0: like, to
2: I don't know. I just feel like I know me and I know I'm going to be like, well, that one time I said it. I said it was my favorite. I can't go, I can't go back on it. There are, there are... I love a good rom-com. And I, the one that keeps popping to, into my mind. So I'm going to say it. Is how to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh, and so good. And I feel like because when it came out, me and my nieces and my nephew watched it like a billion times mm-hmm. and just walked around, like saying, calling things Princess Sophia and just yeah. naming lines and it's our love fern, you let it die. Like that's the whole thing. Like, so I feel like that w- it's definitely up there. And At the moment, I can think of no other rom coms in the history of the world. Like that's so that must be it. That's all I got. So that must be it. Yeah, it's. I feel like I've seen all of them. I just watched one last night. Like I can't.
0: It's gone. It's gone. Gone. (laughs) Well, it seems like one that you stand behind. So I feel like that's. that's I'll I'll go with it. I will stay with that. There you go. Um, I think to kind of round out, we'd love for you to tell people where they can find you um, and kind of if you have any upcoming projects or anything coming out, people should be aware. Obviously, we know about Project, project for one, our Unfortunate souls. souls. Yes. Be on the lookout. So Whenever that is.
2: <laughs> um, so the the easiest way to find all the information about me and all my books is at my website, com, And I do update my writing progress on projects there. So you can see the word count and, um, and a little aesthetic. If you look hard, maybe you can decipher things. I don't know. Probably not. I didn't, I didn't put that much work into it to me. I'm not Taylor Swift. I am not that <laughs> good at planting clues, um, but it is there. And, and, for, on my website, you can subscribe to my monthly email newsletter where I send it, um It's called live chosen moments. And once a month, I send out a little devotional thought and then my recommendations, what I'm watching, what I'm reading, book updates, and anytime and all of my book news goes to my newsletter first. Mm-hmm. It eventually trickles down everywhere else as is the way, but it usually goes there first and comes with giveaways and incentives. So that's there. And then of course I'm on Instagram and TikTok and threads and all the, all the places <laughs> awesome. <many> places. Yeah. Thank you so much. This
0: was great. This was fabulous. Yes,
2: It was so fun. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for writing your stories. They're incredible. So well, thank you. I'm
2: so glad that you guys enjoyed it. That makes my heart happy.
0: <laughs> thank you. All right. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Have a good night. Bye okay so that was so fun you guys wasn't that amazing oh what God. a great interview that was it was so much incredible fun. yeah I feel, I feel like i could just talk to tabitha for a long time about this she's so interesting actually mm-hmm. like her just her writing process yes mm-hmm. I, you okay <laughs> every author we talk to i'm just i'm always shocked at how different everybody's process yeah. mm-hmm. is how differently they they think cre- if in a, from a creative standpoint mm-hmm. and it's fascinating to me yeah oh yeah it's amazing and, and also the fact that things. she uses music it's mm-hmm. so interesting because yeah, yeah. like the the thought of then like that music putting you in a headspace mm-hmm. I feel like I do that like I have certain playlists oh, yeah. for when I'm doing certain things or like you need to focus or you need to do something or feeling a certain way or feeling sad or whatever and so it's interesting that she uses that for music I love know? that I get that so much I'm some of you know I'm an actor And for every character I've ever played, I have a playlist. That's amazing. For this for whatever character. So she said that. I was like, somebody else does it too. You're like, (laughs) I get it. I totally get that. Like, I totally get that. I really love what she
1: said about not thinking about genres when she's writing. She just, like, writes stories. Because I feel like with all fantasy and sci-fi, you're really only bound, like, by the rules the author creates. So I love that she's, like just really like she has no restrictions on herself whatsoever. I think yeah. that's what makes her the author that she is and she's a great mm-hmm. one. So it was really cool to hear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like even if you don't love the genre, you probably will love something about the book because like it's it's not just trying to be cookie cutter. Well it has to have this, this, right, and yeah. this yeah. The, like check boxes. That's true. That's yeah. True. And like tropes and stuff. So um now that we've read the back cover, talk to Tabitha, should we do our star reviews? <sighs> Let's star do it. Okay, um, ladies, who wants to start? I don't know. Okay, Madeline, why don't you start? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go first. I'm literally, I feel like the past couple of books that we've done, I've literally been deciding on my star rating as I'm saying it, which is so annoying to me. Because I just keep wishy-washy back and forth in my brain. But I think, I think I'm going to go with 3.75. Okay. That's where I'm at. That's where I've landed. Okay. I love it. Um, I, this is not, okay. I won't say this is not, after we've just talked about, talked to Tabitha about her not adhering to genre or, roles mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm just going to go with this anyways. Cause most people do. Um, this is not a genre that I would pick up. Typically. Um, I can count on one hand, the number of like dystopian and or sci-fi novels that I've read. Um, I just don't, I, I don't gravitate towards it. That being said, it's not necessarily a genre that I dislike. It's just one that I don't read very often.. Sure. So I feel like I'm unfamiliar with it in that respect, but not in a not in a way that completely turns me off to it if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things. The story I thought was fabulous. I thought it was super well written. Um, I talked with Morgan about this a little bit. The characters were like, Okay, some of the, char- like, some of the, um, like, alien characters, like, Hesperia, I loved her character. Oh, yeah. my gosh, I thought those characters were amazing. But, like, the main character, Wilder, I was like, I wish I I wish I would have known her more. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think that brought it down for me a little bit. But as far as the story goes, for being a, something, a genre that I'm like, I wouldn't normally pick that up. I was like, wow, this is, I was shocked at how much I liked it. That's cool yeah um i i rated this book (laughs) 4.75 i loved it (laughs) It was so good i (laughs) she said (laughs) (laughs) 4.75 i almost gave it five stars but then i was like but then i was thinking my other five star reads and i was like uh it's close but i i Love sci fi. I don't read a lot of dystopian, but every time I do, I love it. And I always like this is what happened when I was reading this book. I was in it and I was thinking, why do we not read more of this? I love everything about this. It's so, it feels weird to say fun, but I was having so much <laughs> fun <laughs> just like being in it and it's adventure and intense and you're like boom, 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 boom the whole time. And I love that. Like, I'm such a plot reader. So stuff like that just really works for me. If it's just like constantly something else is happening and then you're like throwing aliens. And I'm like, what the heck? Yes. Throw in some more. It's it, great. Mm-hmm. So 4.75. I loved it. That's there was awesome. very little that I did not like. Hence the high rating. Um, Danielle, do you want to go next? And I'll move to second star rating. I absolutely will. Um, so I,
1: on Goodreads, I gave this book a four. So I'm going to go with four stars. Um, and I actually feel like this book broke the mold for me a little bit because of two, two things, really. For starters, I typically don't love books about aliens, but they're also usually set in space. So for me, I, I gave this book a higher rating because right out the gate, I was like, aliens, ooh, I wonder if it's going to be my style. But they were on Earth. And that dystopian element to it, I think, really, like, carried me over so that I gave it a higher rating um I also typically don't love books from more than one perspective so the fact that this book jumps in back jumps back and forth between not one not two not even three not even four not even five perspectives (laughs) I wondered what that was going to be like but Tabitha really broke the mold for me because I I really enjoyed this book I feel like I'm um most of my like ratings on Goodreads are usually like pretty low. I'm not somebody who really gives out like high ratings. So for me, a four, it's probably one of the highest ratings I've given on Goodreads. Nice. I feel like I'm usually kind of stingy. So I actually, I really, I really enjoy the book.
0: Amazing! That's That's awesome. I love that. Um, so. <clears throat> Well <laughs> tiny, he's fine. Um, so my star review is gonna be three point five. So or three point seven five. Here's the thing I'm oh, torn. Man. She's what she watching too. Uh you know what? I'm gonna go with three point five. Okay. My first first got so i really like this um story i thought it was interesting but i don't love dystopian It, it puts me in a very weird headspace um and i have to like i don't know what it is about it's been that way since i was in high school reading dystopian or even if i watched like a dystopian film i do like some of them i've seen them some of them more than once but there's something about the genre that i don't know it's very jarring for me um and a little bit alarming but the story itself i feel like she did a really good job, Tabitha did, of weaving other elements, so you didn't feel like the only thing that you were reading was a dystopian book, which makes sense if she was like, I'm not just writing dystopian to write dystopian, Um, so yeah. I definitely enjoyed it um I don't know that because for me when I think about like four four and a half five star ratings it's like I would recommend this book to anybody I think that it would have to come with the disclaimer for me and that and that and that's just how I do ratings I'm not sure, saying yeah. everyone does but I feel like I would say like well 3.5 if you like those kind of like books like even if you I think I think you like fantasy or that kind of stuff like where you like worlds that aren't our typical day in and day out, I think that people would like that. But I feel like the little disclaimer to me has to come with it that, you know, it's not, cause I, I don't honestly know what, what I was expecting. I also thought it was going to be, I, I'm honestly not even sure to be honest, but I kind of thought it was going to be young adult fiction for some reason. And then when I got into it, I was like, oh, these are adult women. You are, you know, because, like, yeah. early on, you meet them, and you're like, oh, are they children? And then you're like, oh, no, this is, yeah, like, sure, you know. you're oh, an yeah. adult woman, and this isn't creepy. <laughs> this is love. <laughs> this is love. Because <laughs> 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 when you first, if you think, wilder, wow, there is, like, this a single-year-old child. <laughs> this is love.
1: <laughs> I can go on a T-shirt. <laughs> yes.
0: Redeeming lip merch. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I love it. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think I'm going to look at you Yeah. Um, So we're going to jump in, I think, to the episode because since this is a hybrid, we have to kind of jump into things. Oh, and a little disclaimer too. um, As with our other hybrids, some things are cut out as far as Mm -hmm. our little segments go, but don't worry listeners. We still have a swoon scale. We have the God Factor and highs and lows, but we're not doing um, Morgan's Recommended reads, Madrak reviews, or odessa oh, Relevant research, but that's okay because we got a lot of good stuff. They'll be so back. Anyways. They'll be back. Yeah, just for this episode. Don't don't worry yourselves, any. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's dive in. All right, here we go. Okay, let's take let's take a dive into a time unlike our own, a long time in the future. And a galaxy far, far away. Nope, nope, just kidding, it takes this on Earth. I'm sorry, in I don't America. know why I said that. <laughs> in what was formerly known as America, in the year 2074, I think? I think
1: this 20, it starts, yeah. Mm. Something, I'm trying to remember.
0: 2070 something. Yeah, because like the, mm-hmm. the inscription at the front of the book is 2029, yeah. So that's kind of, so, but like the book is like 50 it's, years later. So it's like yeah. 2074 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So um, it starts and we meet a small, like a people living in a small mountainous community. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilder, the main character. Wilder. We meet Solomon, who's like kind of the patriarch of the community. Mm-hmm. We meet Wilder's Cora. best friend, Cora. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're in. They're hanging out with Solomon. In his greenhouse. In his greenhouse doing the thing and then this like stranger walks into town. A handsome stranger. A tall handsome stranger. A tall handsome stranger. <laughs> Just keep adding <laughs> adjectives. Um, uh, this walks into town. His name is Declan. He soon like, this is like the first five chapters of the book, Um, is kind of the story of Declan falling in love with Wilder slash Wilder falling in love with Declan. <clears throat> so he comes in and he quickly establishes himself as a permanent part of their little community yes. even though like they don't have outsiders in that no. community but you get this idea that there's like this is you 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 learn early on this this is some sort of this is a dystopian situation um and that declan is coming from the like whatever yeah like the city so that's yeah. cuz they're living in this community that's much more isolated they're able to do things the way they want to do them they're not mm-hmm. ruled by anybody or Anything like that, but Declan is coming from like the yeah. opposite of that. Um, so he's kind of bringing some insight. He a couple years goes by, he becomes like the leader of their yeah. community because he does have this insight into mm-hmm. um, what's happening in the larger city yes. called Hope City, which we don't know too much yet. I don't um, even know how far away it is, but it seems like it's pretty significant. From later on, we find out that it's like 14 hours by car. 24, 24, oh, I thought it was 14. Oh, okay. Either way, it's definitely double digits hours away. <laughs> so that would be that's like driving from the top of the country to somewhere yeah. in the south. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because they talk about being from the north. So it kind of makes sense that like the hope city would be in the south. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically early on, the first five chapters, Wilder and Declan get married, fall in love, get yeah. married. It's so sweet. And then they're like, Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna live our lives together in this lovely community where mm-hmm. nothing is going wrong and everything is happening. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> it shifts. Yeah. And we start well we big. get well do we get the do we get the perspective of of the people in Hope City? No well, we get the perspective first that um that so in the first like six chapters, five, six chapters, you go. um Declan goes like he's gonna go to cause he like is he's very resourceful. So he goes out, and he's basically, like, he tells um, uh, Wilder that he's going to go out with some other guys from the community, and they're going to go, like, get supplies. Um, and basically, <clears throat> the other guys come back, and they tell Wilder that Declan's dead. And it's very – you're not expecting it. Like They got – and yes, they weren't expecting no, it. No, and they were ambushed, and they were, like, by the Nicene's. <laughs> like <laughs> Nicanians. Nick, Nicanians, the the um, quote unquote bringers of peace, and so you're basically like in this place as the reader, and you're like, what what is happening? This is so traumatic for the beginning of the book, and then you meet Cat. Casimir, Casimir, who's like the leader of the leaders of the the high ruler of the Nicanians. Yes, thank you. And uh, which are a race of aliens mm-hmm. who 50 years ago came to Earth, and the peace bringers as the peace bringers and established themselves as like basically heroes of people until they essentially brainwashed the entire mm-hmm. human race into thinking that they were heroes so that they could use them for their own purposes but most of the human race is still under the illusion the facade that they are the canians are the bringers yes not the doers of evil there you go. <laughs> I was, funny. I was trying to think okay. of some words. <laughs> okay, um, so Casimir. So you meet Casimir, and basically, like, early on, to to be honest, when I first read this, because you were like, oh, my God, Declan is dead, and you don't know who Casimir is. But Casimir. Casimir. I'm sorry, I'm going to do that every time. I just want to say Casbian, and that's not his name. And so, anyways, he, I'm I at first him. thought, because they're like, oh, yeah, and different John Mayer. Everything's different about it. But, like, <laughs> it switches from Declan's death right to him, and I was like, Wait, is love is be- like, I didn't yeah. know what was happening, and then I was like, Who, who is this creature? <laughs> and then you basically find out that they have this really evil side, and they like because I think pretty early on you kind of learn about their that they've like tricked humanity, yeah, into... and that they that they basically suck their souls out of them, they're soul soul eaters, yeah, mm-hmm. they're very gross method,
1: not the peaceful, um like organization of or species that they've kind of like led themselves to be perceived yeah. as yeah. Right. A, it is a facade.
0: Yes. Um, and they have this, so they're basically Casimir sending out uh, teams or uh, legions of his soldiers mm-hmm. to go and kind of infiltrate all these isolated communities of which Wilder and Declan were a part of one in the Northern regions of the, of the, where they are the yeah, the country, North America, yeah. um <clears throat> to try to like bring these people down because they're trying to implement this large broad master plan of um artificial insemination and incubation and trying to because they have okay they have this ritual mm-hmm. called the sacrament mm-hmm. and it happens every three months sorry tabitha we're going to spoil everything um but our listeners know listeners we're about to spoil everything um,
1: if you know you know <laughs>
0: if you know you know. pause the episode we haven't spoiled anything except the, the tragic death but that happened at the very beginning so yeah. just pause it go read the book and come back and then listen if to the if you don't end. want to know if you don't want to spoil it but thing if you're is- like Morgan and you want to know keep us so they they are instituting this big master plan to um create this breeding facility mm-hmm. where they because right now they do the sacrament um every three months and they have to have it in quotes to like survive to survive but really they're like feeding off of human souls um and so they're running out of humans because they started with villains so the world was okay with it because it was villains anyways now they're like we're just going to start this big breeding facility and then we'll just harvest humans for our sacrament but it's going to take time because it's like you got to wait for the human to you know be an adult yeah okay so that's what they're doing um, so they have started sending out these soldiers to go like kind mm-hmm. of figure out what's happening in these isolated communities in the north and try to like bring these people down, yes. get these capture these people. yeah, um, we meet um the other like three main characters in the Nicene world, <laughs> The Nicene Creed. <laughs> That's why you're saying that. Nicanian. She knows her creeds. <laughs> yeah, I do, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but not pronunciation. Okay, so can we talk about his relatives? Yes. Woolston mm-hmm. is his brother, and he's the, like the leader, the general of his armies, mm-hmm. of Casimir's armies. Mm-hmm. And then Hesperia is their sister. Mm-hmm. Um, youngest sister. youngest yes. sister. Only sister, but youngest of them all. Yes. yes. And she is self-proclaimed not like them yes like you meet her from the very first time that you hear her name mentioned in the book read her name she's not like them she like has a lot of empathy towards the humans and when they had servants when they had human servants living in their like what do they call it the citadel mm-hmm. um she like befriended one of them you know, and they, and they, they fell Keo, in love and they fell in love like, it's anyway that they fell in love and that, like, he showed her all these amazing things. Like, like music and art and books. And, they don't have any of no, that. No, they, they have none of that. Um, it's soulless. Yes, yes. Get it? Why yes. they're feeding on human souls. Um, so you meet her, and then you also meet Wilhelmine, which is, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, don't look at me for that. Wollstone's. wife. Wife. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, um, so pretty soon, I feel like, okay, this is where this part gets really blurry. So I'm okay. messing things up, but basically, we got you. um, you find out which like you have, I had a little inkling and I was so excited yeah. when HEPSA here, <laughs> <Asperia. laughs> this is nothing to do with your ability to write names. I'm just not good at pronunciations. Um so anyways um so uh she hears this almost like an animal like sound at night in the citadel and so she goes and investigates and finds a man who clearly looks like kind of a shell of a human like he's He's, clearly been tortured in a dungeon he's in a dungeon chained up can't really speak but she hears him uttering the guttural word wild (laughs) oh my god God. and you're like could there it be. he is. It's Declan. It's Declan. And at the same time, it's been like the Wilder is kind of trying to move on past her mm-hmm. husband's death. And they're like, you need to be the leader of the group now. And also she finds out. It's, that, long, it's been like maybe six months. Yeah. And she finds out basically that um, Declan had been putting things in place for um, the other communities to like, communicate because he was concerned about this kind of infiltration slash attacks. From, from the, the Indians. Yeah, from the Nicanians. And so um, he basically, um, she's kind of mad that he didn't tell her, but then she's also like, okay, well, we got to prepare for this. So basically, they're preparing for the inevitable... Um, Being attacked by... Them. They don't know why they would be, though, because they obviously don't have the inside scoop that we have about them, like, you know, basically harvesting humans. But um, they basically, like, she is... Like, and so they, they kind of take you through di- different parts of that, like what that looks like. And then another group comes over and is like, our village was attacked and they took a bunch of prisoners, etc. Um, etc. Et so um, So the next thing that happens, right, is um, there's a, a small group, including Woolston, is there, and a small group of soldiers uh-huh. who does show up at Beartooth, which is the name of their town. I don't know if you can say that or not. Yeah. Um, and... Uh basically Wilder disperses keeps everybody from getting hurt. Yes. Because by he, basically saying, Hey, just take me to your your high supreme high, leader. High ruler. And high i will, high ruler. And I will share all the information about, I have the, about northern. the northern because there's really a lot of care. us and you don't know all the things and we're deep in the woods and we're very like wilderness, you know, survivalists and all this. And he is like Okay, fine. Come come tomorrow with your bag of things, and I'd be like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "No, no, I'm not, I'm gonna buy some time. Like y'all need to keep going, doing your thing, preparing." Yeah, um, um but, plan. yeah She makes
1: this statement in um chapter eleven that I love. Like at the very end of the chapter, she says, or it's like her internal dialogue, and um, she says, "I wrote it down." She wasn't sure she could lead, but if this was who they needed, it was who she would become. And I love that because when we first meet Wilder's character. She is like quieter, like um, somebody who's kind of like in the background, but she really like steps into that leadership position. And something we actually forgot to mention that's important to Wilder's um, story arc is that we find out in chapter five, five years after she and Declan got married, that she has been unable to get pregnant and they've been trying. Um, And that's the chapter before um, Declan is killed. Yes. If you know, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: you so yeah, but that's a
1: really important part of her story art that I just remembered that yeah. um yeah, we find out that she and Declan were trying to get pregnant and she has been struggling with infertility.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um okay, so then Wilder goes basically in this like hover car it seems, whatever it is. I don't know, some kind of elaborate vehicle. Yeah and she goes to the citadel and basically she looks around and she's like why are all these humans in stark colors and why does it not feel like what is it the legend like, yeah and like there's not trees there's not what there's not color there's not and she's basically like everyone looks like little ants you know she's just like she doesn't know what's happening um so she goes in she has like dinner with the high ruler and his family oh bo- 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 we should say the reason why she also agreed to go is because What's the brother's name? Woolston. Wollston agrees to, quote unquote, that he's going to uh, allow there to be a peace treaty with right. with them and the people of the Hope City if she comes and can, like, basically, they're, they're like, we just need to know for purposes because we heard that, that there was some attacks and we're concerned about someone else coming in. So basically trying to, like, manipulate her, but she's like, mm, too smart But for she that. not like, yes. she knows oh, yes. that the that it's not, like, what it seems. She mm-hmm, just doesn't mm-hmm. know the extent of it. Like, yes. she knows that they're not, like, mm-hmm. shooting straight at all. They think
1: they're playing her and then she is also, at the same time, playing them a yes. game yeah. of wits.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> a game of wits. A Shall game of it? wits. Um, mm-hmm. game of wits about you. A <laughs> game of wits. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that you all could have seen that space just now. Okay. Um... <laughs> So then pretty soon early on um, at the dinner, like the same night she gets there, she meets Hepsa. H- Hesperia. Hesperia. Yep, that's what I said. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know basically <laughs> she, she she realizes pretty early on that she's not like the others. Right. And that um, she, she's, she's offering information. Yes, yes, for sure. And um, warning her. And <laughs> warning her and basically like, listen, this is how my brothers are. Like, right. You know. They're um, crazy. They're psychers. Yes. And then um, with, I can't, I think it's the next morning though. No, it's that night that she shows her, she takes her down to see Declan and then shows Wilder that. Yes. Oh my God, that scene? In the craziest scene where you, and that is where you first get an idea of what they're, um, of, of of what the aliens are doing. To people. Because before then you don't really know, but then the way that, Tabitha describes like the state of Declan emotionally and like physically you're like okay they're they're soul feeders they have to be soul feeders like the way she described it was so. you're saying that as if that's something that everybody knows oh what if what if it's someone like me who was like I don't understand half the people are alive and half of them are dead when they're done and it's like if they find them to be a challenge I think they took some, but I don't know. Is are, are soul feeders a thing? Well, wraiths are a thing. Like a wraith character. Isn't a wraith like a normal thing? I don't in know this what genre? that I don't know what that Yeah. Means. Okay. Me, sure. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Do you know about soul feeders, Morgan? Is that a thing? Yeah. Like a wraith. I would agree that she is saying it very casually. No, I don't know. <laughs> Danielle, do you know? Do, do, a soul feeder.
1: I mean,. <laughs> I've definitely read, like, plenty of fantasy and sci-fi books that contained um, some form of mythological creature that did, in fact, feed on souls. And there's probably a wide span of different creatures that those could be. So the idea of a soul feeder could probably be, like, a billion different things. But if you read a lot of fantasy, it probably would sound like any old thing. You know what I mean? Huh. (laughs)
0: Sure didn't know the picture that popped up when you looked up the word term wraith. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Did you did you spell it right? Apparently not. It's oh, there is a there's a Rolls Royce Wraith. Well, I'll be honest with you, I'd rather look at a picture of that
1: Wraith that's a car, than yeah. what I think might pop up if you just googled the word Wraith. Because I oh, have the yes. emotional constitution of a three year old.
0: like a dementia. It's like no it's a mentor, ones. like
1: from uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> get For someone who reads a lot of fantasy, I'm also terrified of everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, okay. When I was reading it, I when I read that scene where yes. she Hesperio takes Wilder down to Declan, I was like oh my goodness, like, they're sucking a soul. Like, oh. that's, I just, that's what oh I thought God. because of the way she described it. I thought it. they just, like, defeated him is what I thought. And, like, he was a shell of who he was, but I didn't think it was, like, oh, a soul feeder. I also thought, okay, well. But here's the thing. It makes sense, know. then, yeah. once you read more. But, like, I didn't know soul feeder was a, a thing. I mean, in the, in the fantasy, like, kind of. Anyways. Well, there you go. Realm. there you go. That's a good word for fantasy. Yes. Um. <laughs> so then, um, Wilder and Declan and like she's basically like well we're gonna get, get you out because um yes. no. out. but time scared. is yes. running time out is running out because, because remember the High Rulers and Wilson are playing Wilder, she's also playing them. So she has a meeting with them the next morning. And basically she's like they're like tell us tell us the location of all these um isolated communities. Yep. Tell us how many people are there. Tell me if they're armed. Can they defend themselves? And she's like trying to be super vague. And basically Casimir's like, all right, well, this is over now. We're done. And um, we're capturing you. And we'll just use you in our little um, in artificial insemination and incubation process here because you're worthless to me now. Yeah. And so like it all goes <laughs> south immediately. And they literally cart her away to this chamber where they're preparing to breed humans. Yes. Uh-huh um which is where we find out she like she wakes up in this like hazy state and she's like people are like she's strapped to some chair and people are talking around her and basically saying like oh she won't work she's barren just just put her in save her for the sacrament yeah which because because this is a
1: dystopian world up to this point her only understanding has been that she's never been able to get pregnant. So at this point in time, like actually hearing the word barren used really like finally breaks something that was like probably fully like crumbling inside of her. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially given the fact that you're also pinned to like a thing by aliens probing you literally. Literally, literally. (laughs) Literally. And then you hear this, like- Terrifying. That's that's gonna need some serious therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I I needed
1: therapy after I read
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm <laughs> gonna talk to my therapist. I'm just really struggling okay. with this. <laughs> okay, okay. So, who? Let's let's get through the end of this. Oh my god. Okay, here so, we go. I'm so, telling you guys. So they escape with because Fairy's like, "I'll get you out." And yes. Wilder's like, "Don't forget that And she's like, "I did." No, but she What's gets it? she but she first has to get uh, Wilder out of that whole situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah crazy yeah. As, yeah. She gets her out. She knows all these secret tunnels yeah. that were used when they have human servants but have been like kind of sealed up. So she gets them out, gets Declan, and they go... Through the tunnels. Through the tunnels. But when they're outside of the citadel, there's this place called the Colony, Mm -hmm. and it's basically all of these people who have survived the sacrament, and they've literally just chucked them out inside of the citadel. And these people, some of them are like, Alive and like trying to live still and it's horrifying. But these the people in the colony, the main kind of guy in the colony, his name is Matthew. He's kind of the leader. He recognizes Declan. He's like, Oh, I know your mom and dad. Small world. Um <laughs> and then he also recognizes because Hepsa's with him. is with him. Hisperia um, is, his yes. is with him. And so basically they're like, We have a car, you should get home. You've got to warn people. They're like, We're yeah, we're gonna do this. They, they're coming. We're we're, we're yeah. Yeah. We've, this is, we've got to come up with a plan, essentially, because yes. this is, what's going down in there is insane. Yes. So they get home. Meanwhile, Declan's like kind of in and out of it and like very sickly. Right. And yes. like. He's got to recover. Now yeah. he's recovering. He's had, there's still being lot He's just Multiple had times. several years of his life. You've just had one year of your life. Like, wait, tell oh, me. How, how do you, do you feel? What's that for? Princess Princess Bride. Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> um you anyway. <laughs> 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 crying in that moment yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. he does <laughs> and the guy goes interesting <laughs> <Yeah. Okay>. anyways <laughs> so um basically they get back, they, they get back. but they bring his with them yes so they're showing up at bear tooth with with his yeah, yeah with an Italian, an Italian. Declan is back, and they're like, hold up, amazing. But then they're showing up with the canyon. Yeah, and they're like, what's happening? And so basically, to- she's, Wilder's like, listen, you can trust, because she's the leader of the group, remember? So she's like, basically, you can trust me. She's the one who rescued us. So um, basically, they're like, we'll tell everything, but we need to go rest. So then, basically, it's like that night, and Declan has this wild thing where he trusts, like, he's coming out of basically intense PTSD. And Wilder has to, like, basically bring him back to, like... Real it's world. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It, that's a very intense scene. Then they convince everybody of what is going on in the citadel. And they tell and, and Hepsa tells everybody. She's like, listen. Like, right. Yes. <laughs> so, she convinces- tells everybody. Like this is and she tells them all about human sacrifice. She talks to them about how they, they feed on the souls. And then you you she kind of starts uncovering the fact that some of the, the town folk are talking here, Well, when was the last time that you fed? And she's like, Oh, it's been a year because since basically um, her brother killed Bio, the the human she loved, um, or it was just her friend, whatever. She had I mean, a... it said that she loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, that she the relationship part was implied, but it said that she loved him. That was yeah, right. yeah. 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 Um, anyways, um, so basically, it's it kind of comes in that like maybe they don't actually. Need the human souls to survive that it's like their way of control because they're like, well, why are you not dead? If you've been told your whole alien life, you have to have this to survive. Cause she's like, I've never liked that. Like, she's like, but like, I was told this is what, you know, and they're like, well, how long do you have it? Like, well, about six to nine months after we don't feed is when we start to deteriorate and die. And they're like, well, how long has it been? And then they start to realize like, maybe there's more to this. And so like, that's kind of the first snippet of that. Um, And then basically their plan is going to be that they're going to go back to the Citadel when the, Sacrament is happening, which is in a few days from when they get back. Two weeks. Two weeks. Um, and so they get back or and their plan is to basically rescue um the the people in the human harvesting laboratory laboratory. And then their plan is too is to basically unveil the truth about the what's going on inside. Yes, what's With, going like, on inside the stuff? Broadcast system. that they're gonna like broadcast out to everybody in Hope City. Yes. And so basically they're not gonna use violence. They're not gonna use violence. Um they do kind of have a ragtag crew. It's very like to me, it's very like rebellion, like we're going after the big guys kind of thing. Of course. Thing. Yeah, so it's great. Let's um, go destroy a Death Star, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. The Let's whole world go. knows what you're saying. <laughs> Rebels. Okay. So um, they get there, everything goes according to plan. Hesperia like gets them into the building. Because they're all preoccupied and yeah, there's the no sacrament. guards or anything at the sacrament. Everything goes, and it lasts for a long, long time. According to plan, until Wilhelmine, who was sort of being chastised and not allowed to participate in this sacrament. Because she talked bad about, about her husband in front of the High Supreme Lord. Yeah. There's something there. She like hears something in the hallway, leaves the room, and sees the Asperia. And these humans with her has this in- encounter with Hesperia where she's like banging her head <laughs> against the wall. Yeah, that scene was so nuts. <laughs> it was nutso. Hesperia teases her. Yeah, you know, this was crazy. She runs away. But then basically, like, they're foiled at that point because as soon as Wilhelmine wakes up, it's like, yeah. all right, well, everyone's so they're like, we gotta later. hurry up. So they're trying to hurry. book it. They're like trying to grab people out of the laboratory. And they grab all the babies. Babies in like incubators. Yeah. So they're, like, reeling out these incubators with yes. these babies in them. And then, in the meantime, Matthew, who's the leader of the colony, he is going to basically... Podcast. Yeah, so, because mm-hmm. they have this, like, tech wizard who's, like, going to get on there. And so, basically, she turns on the cameras, and then Matthew broadcasts and basically says, Hello, New City. This is the truth of the Peacebringers. They're actually like, evil spawn of Satan that are feasting on our souls. And they have a a broadcast of the, um, sac- the actual sacrament. The actual sacrament. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, dragging bodies away. And it's horrifying. Hor- hor- horrifying. So then... Basically, from there, um, what's the main leader's name? Casimir. Casimir. Yeah, he basically sees a red light because everything's black, black and white. He sees a red light because the camera came back on, and he's like, "What's happening?" He tells his brother, "Excuse me, can you go take care of this? I'm literally in the middle of my, my sacrament feast." And so he he, yeah. he leaves, and uh-huh. then and then he also realizes that, um, his Wu Tangs. No. Yep. Yep. Wu Tang. Wu Tang. That's right. Wolsten's Wilson. yes. wife is missing is what he realizes so um then basically you kind of have the final showdown where then they come into the tunnels because they're like leaving and basically everyone is left except Wilder and Declan and you kind of think that because because they had they're like they blew up the citadel yeah they're they're in the middle of blowing it up like yeah. he De- it's Wilder and Declan showing down um the two main leaders um of the yes exactly I don't know why I'm struggling so much, it's so okay? It's, it's like okay. disconnecting from my brain okay. how to pronounce them. Um, but um, basically, they are just like it's a really, really good scene, and we, yeah. we get into depth on it. But basically, it's I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yes. And because it's like basically, be. Wilder is like laying down everything and mm-hmm. basically coming to peace with God, but also like coming to peace with like, okay, like if this is what God wants me to do then like mm-hmm. i am for the good of humanity. happily mm-hmm. and willingly going to live out my life right here mm-hmm. you know it's like a really good scene yes anyway you think they die they don't actually die mm-hmm. the next scene is like several months later and like they're Hi, back at a Fair celebration Tube, yeah. and you get this idea of like not everything is okay but it is better and like the people like much of the nicanians in hope city had been like captured and mm-hmm. are kind of being held in limbo and that everyone people are like trying to decide what to do with them but the point is is that the human race is trying to decide what to do with them like yeah they're not brainwashed anymore they're like learning how to live their lives together mm-hmm. together as a community again mm-hmm. um hesperia is like i want to like go and tell anybody who will listen mccanian or not that like you can change you can like change like you don't like Macanians don't need to be this way like you don't have to be this mm-hmm. way so it's really cool It's really cool. Um and and yes, a sweet moment is that one of the babies who was in the incubator is now the daughter of Wilder and Declan. And according to the book, she has red hair just like Wilder and green eyes like Declan. So they're like you wouldn't even know it's not there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. It's amazing. And that was the story. And that's the wayward.
1: (laughs) That is the wayward. The wayward. I
0: feel like it's gonna be hard. I'm literally like twenty eight minutes. That, that was, was amazing. That was good pretty good. Well done. Considering there was so much detail that you could dive into this book and, like, oh, get oh, lost man. in. Um, and we did. And we did. Well, no, we didn't get that lost. <laughs> we didn't get too lost. No, but I mean when we were reading. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Um. Okay. I so, read it in, like, one day. Seven hours. No, three hours. Three, three, hours, hours. three hours? I started reading it at 9.30 in the morning and I finished it at 1 p.m. <laughs> Holy crap. I literally couldn't put it down. I needed to know what happened. Honestly, Odette, how do you even do that? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have not so tall boys running around. You know the I, side I was drinking coffee. I was just living my life, comfy blanket. Just that's so fast though. Even you must. You can speed read. Yes. Can speed oh, rate. absolutely. Yeah. I yes. can't speed read. Yes. Gosh, can. can you speed read, Danielle? Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: I <laughs> I have to force myself not to when I'm reading a novel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can't. It's read. probably why I wasn't sure who the creatures were at first. and I thought they might be Falcons of some sort. Because <laughs> They talked, about, they talked the about their talents. That, that, really threw only, that is the only negative thing about speed reading is sometimes you'll be going along and then you're like, wait, well, what's happening? What like detail? you miss yeah. a detail and then it you know it could throw Yeah. Anything. Well, in a book like this too, I really had to fight the need to not read the ending. Because so I was like, I'm, when Declan died, I was like, What's going on? Do I need to pull? I texted them. I was like, Do I need to pull a Morgan and find out what happened? I was like, No, because you need to actually feel. Because their story's not over. I could just feel it. Um, okay, so right. up next, we have which feels like a very intense swing. So watch switch. Watch switch. All right, y'all. Here we go. Here we go. Favorite section. The swoon scale. The swoon scale. The swoon scale. <laughs> there it is. The swoon scale. Okay, ladies, let's tell everybody in case this is their first episode that they've ever heard from us. What is a swoon scale? You know what, Danielle, would you like to share with everybody (laughs) what the
1: swoon scale is? (laughs) I would love to share with everyone what the swoon scale is because I feel like I've heard from multiple of like your guests that sometimes it takes people a minute to chew on that concept, but it's not (laughs) hard to understand. It makes perfect (laughs) sense. The swoon scale is how we rate our books based on the level of swooniness and the swoon scale that we use is Colin Firth in a wet shirt from Pride and Prejudice, the adaptation uh, with Colin Firth. I can't remember the year that it comes out. 1995. Thank you. I knew somebody (laughs) would know. And the swoon scale that
0: subcategory that you guys picked for this book is? Um, Post-apocalyptic survival skills. (laughs) So basically it's how foody do we think the book is and then using the parallel survival skills to describe that. Yes.
1: On a scale
0: of zero to all birth in a witcher. There's nothing hard to understand. I, no, no I'm, minute, no. I'm wondering, I'm not trying to put this into different genders, but the people that have had a hard time understanding this there's are one. Men there's one person. My brother as well. Oh, He, your he brother struggles to understand. Okay. He's just like, I don't you're, understand. My, my husband gonna... uh, He's like, I don't understand why you're doing something like and I even showed him the clip and he was just like, but also I don't think guys feel swoony. I mean, not all guys, I don't know, but like maybe most men don't feel swoony about Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth. But the thing that Ben Ben doesn't understand is he's is like the subcategories. He it right? makes the subcategories make him angry. He's like, <laughs> Why would you say that it's zero to call and birth in a wet shirt and never use that? Because I've never found a book yet that says a column- that's as swoony as that book. That's, one what, day I, day that's what I told him. And he goes, That's you know. Because here's the thing: if if you thought that this book was as swoony as Colin Firth in a wet shirt, you could absolutely say that, and we'd be like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" We'd wow, be like, "Wow, you're wrong, but okay, thank you." I like, I'm really <laughs> glad <that laughs> swoon is back in your life. <laughs> the, swoon, the swoon entered. Long okay, long okay. Um, so, okay. anyways, <laughs> who wants to start? Who wants to start? Um, I'll I'll, I'll start. start.
1: I don't mind what starting do you if you want me to. I have yeah, no yeah. problem with that because it's. <laughs> Shout out, Ben. It's not a concept that's hard to understand, so I will happily start. I listened to the episode where he came on, and I knew he was going to say something about it just because I know him, and he did, and I died laughing. (laughs) Um, Okay, so post-apocalyptic survival skills. So I chose water purification. Okay. And here's here's my rationale behind that. I can't wait. In a post-apocalyptic world, or even a world in which you need to survive out on your own, um, we have to have water. Mm -hmm. We can't survive without it. Um, We know the human body can go days without food uh, as long as we're properly hydrated. But am I gonna be satisfied with only water? No, I want food. I crave food. Water's going to sustain me. I'm going to survive for you know X amount of time. But ultimately, I'm going to be missing my potatoes and my pancakes. I need food in my life. So for me, this felt like it, it immediately popped into my mind because I need a slow burn when it comes to romance. And we met Declan on page three. And on page 11, they were in love. And by chapter, I don't even remember by like the third or the fourth chapter, like they were getting married. And for me, I didn't have enough time to fall in love with their relationship. I needed it like more, but I also, I'm, I cut the book so much slack because a typical fantasy book for me averages probably between like 550, 600 or 650 pages. And this was a 300 page book. So obviously this was like a much shorter book than the average like fantasy or sci-fi that I would read. So typically a romance in a sci-fi or fantasy is is way, way longer based on like what I typically read. So I think like I'm very sympathetic to it. I just personally, I I didn't find it to be like super, super swoony. There were really cute moments, but I needed I just wanted more because it was so quick. Like meeting them was like so fast paced. And then he was dead, like literally chapter six, like he yeah, dies. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I never like, I never felt a super emotional attachment to their relationship. Cause I just didn't have time to like fall in love with them, but that's a personal, a personal thing. So water purification.
0: That's my spoon scale. That's really good. That's good. Wow. Okay. Where did you go next? Yeah, I can go next. So now <laughs> I feel like now I'm like, wait, but it's, it's my own scale. So mine, I feel like I'm using similar elements in mine that Danielle has used in hers. Okay, that's fine. But my scale is a little bit different. Okay. So when you compare them side to side, it's going to look weird. You don't and need I'm to compare them, them side to side. I'm just saying you will because they're going to be right next to each other. Okay, well, would you rather someone else go in, in there? If no, if, oh, it okay. doesn't It doesn't matter. I'm just, this is my preface. Okay, I'm just sorry, saying that. As she was saying oh, that, I was goodness. like, oh, yeah. Wait, no, mine's going to sound weird, but that's okay. It's fine. I'm going with it. So mine... The one that I picked was foraging. Okay. So. An important skill. Yes. An important skill. And not, for for me personally, there's probably people, there might even be people in this chat who are interested in foraging. Yeah, girl, you know it. I, <laughs> it sounds horrible to me. I, I don't, I don't ever want to have to forage for my food. I understand that it's important. But if I have to decipher what mushrooms are poisonous or what berries are going to kill me, I I'll, gonna die. I'm just going to die. <laughs> and so I'm just going to So it's like yes, it's so important and you know when you find that delicious morel mushroom, I don't I don't think that exists, but maybe some people do. Find them delicious. <laughs> when you find the delicious morel mushroom and you're so hungry, you're so hungry and you eat it and you're like, you know what, this is worth it. I'm so happy. But the process to get there was rough. You know, <laughs> you had to dig through a lot of poisonous fungi <laughs> to find that delicious meal. You honestly, know? this makes a lot of sense. Okay, and it thank doesn't you. seem weird next to date. No, it, it does just, not. Thank you. Um I, I'm really reaching. Okay.
1: Anyway, so the
0: point great, great. Yeah <laughs> I'm doing my job. Um so the point that I'm trying to make is I thought that there were some great elements in this book that I was able to kind of pick out and be like, oh, this, ooh, this was good. This was, this was kind of swoony. Oh, this was a good little romantic moment. But on the whole, you had to weed through a lot to get there. And yeah, the, the whole overall experience with the weeding wasn't all that sweet. Hmm. I get you. Yeah. Or, okay. So do you want me to go on the next one? Sure. You? Okay. So mine was similar yet different to both of theirs. So I thought about this from the perspective of if if I had to survive outside Somewhere. of the normal life that I'm used to surviving. What okay. skill sets do I bring, and what skill sets would other would I need in a romantic interest? Oh, okay. okay. I'm a big, I'm very resourceful. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really skilled in like hunting or those mm-hmm. kind of skills. Yes, yes. But I'm very resourceful and I can like figure things out and very strategic. So I could like figure out a plan and do all that. So I was thinking, this book reminded me because there was moments and. I wanted more um, of the Declan Wilder story, and I, but I cried when Declan died. I was already invested. Um, and there's a part, cause it was just enough snippets of like, it felt like highlight reels. It would kind of make sense of like someone's romance. So you kind of see it playing wow. out. And then you, but you're so invested in the characters, you know what, and you're like, this can't be the end. So all that to say is though, but then, and then we, I, I was right. He's still alive. But, like, there wasn't, there was, like, moments. But then it was, like, anyways, him trying to pick up the pieces. And I understand all that. But I would say that for me, it was, like, you, you, the hunter that you're with goes out, and you're expecting a big old deer. You know what he brings oh. back? A little rabbit. A and you're, like, you know what? am I supposed to do with this? What, like, also, like, thank you. I'm hungry. So this, this is going to meet a need. But, like, I was really hoping that you could bring home, like, the big one, you know, the big game. And actual so, bacon. Like, I was hoping for actual bacon. actual bacon in the <laughs> form of probably deer. wild hogs. Yes, yes. yeah, for sure. In certain <laughs> parts of the country, wild hogs run 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 rampant. Yeah. yes. Um, and so for me, it was like I felt like it was like I was always expecting I was expecting a little more, and I love because I, I thought the Roman I thought Declan was very not nice, like very swoony mm-hmm. as a as a character in moments, but I would say that the book overall for me wasn't very swoony, yeah. but there was definitely moments. But maybe to Danielle's point, had it been a longer book and yeah, you had more sure. time to develop, but I don't necessarily know the like soul sucking, all that I needed more of. So it's more like if there could just been, and maybe if there would just have been a longer epilogue, maybe that would have made me. So happy. more romance, less soul sucking yeah. would have been it. Yes. That would have been the, the proverbial <laughs> book that I wanted.
1: That's the next t shirt. <laughs> more romance, less soul sucking. <laughs> Redeeming <laughs> Lit Podcast.
0: <laughs> so it's like kind of adjacent i <laughs> love it i love it that's amazing but like here's the thing i would be thankful for a rabbit if i was trying to survive sure you know yeah. i yeah. could cook it over the fire i could make a rabbit stew versus over a spit yeah with Just some uh, skewer it. it with some uh, with some mushrooms there you go because i could and forge. purified water yeah, there you go. Win, and win. What What do we need to make this complete? My spoon scale. Yes, okay. yes, please. Building a fire. <gasps> Stop. Okay, so I was we wouldn't make, <laughs> we, we would make it, ladies. You'd make, um. <laughs> we, we make it. With your significant um, others. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> if my was there, I'd probably I should start asking those questions off, yeah. on, on dates. Like, Excuse me, so what skill sets do you bring? What are your survival skills? skills. So right, not on the first date, but maybe on like a tenth date. <laughs> Let me know oh, you a You need to ask that way before Second, vote right. second or third, Danielle. What two come up?
1: I don't know. I don't think I ever asked that question because I think I just always expected that it would probably be me in the situation that so, was bringing survival skills to them. And it would be in your it would situation. In your situation,
0: it would be. In my situation, it would, it would not be. Probably not going to that I know who I am. I just you know. Hey, Madeline, let okay. talk about your spoons, Gail. So, so I picked building a fire, okay. and here is why. Anybody can build a fire. It's not difficult. If you have the right tools, Ooh, okay. oh, it wow. is so easy can preach. to build it. A- yes, it could. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. If you have the right tools... Anyone can build a fire. However, without the right tools, it takes a lot of skill to yes. build a yes. fire that is going to Blaze. burn uh, well. Burn, burn bright. Burn bright. Burn, <laughs> burn well. Keep you warm. Ready right. to cook over. Like, yeah. uh, okay, so my point is this. What is part Oh i feel like i was grasping a little bit here and now i can't i found it and now i've lost it again um this was a tricky uh category for me and i literally came up with the category um i, literally came up with um, I think what i'm trying to say is um that anybody anybody can build a fire and it's gonna work it works okay there's a fire there's a fire we could used with that fire it's a fire What it is, but the more skill you place into the building of that fire, the more skill you have that you can place into building that fire, the more effective it will be for you, the more it can do for you. And I feel like that was how the romance was. Mm. was Like, oh, there it is. There's the romance. It works. It's a romance. But it, I was like, man, I would have loved to see just more of kindling, more of more yeah a slow burn dude to- <laughs> that uh, works so well there yeah. <laughs> you, but am i making sense yes, yes. Like, i so don't much know sense. the right words sense. to put into it right now gotcha. yeah. but i also understood why we're not taking mm-hmm. time to build this fire really precisely yes. because there's these soul-sucking aliens over here that we also have to like, and we're there's a, an element of world building that has to happen. It's obviously not massive, but like, mm-hmm. if you spent more time on the romance, like you would lose the, the like the effectiveness of that storyline. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. That's like. Yeah. It makes sense, but I wanted more. Romance, sure. Yeah. As I always do. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever read. I don't know that I've ever on this podcast okay. that I wanted less romance. You can what quote me on that. that. I don't think i ever said that. I'm sure you have.
1: Morgan, I'm, you said that. What about Murder, Mayhem, that.
0: and a Fine Man? We well, were like, I didn't like the romance, but I didn't say I wanted less romance. I just thought it was awkward.
1: Do you guys want to know something funny about Murder, Mayhem, and a Fine Man? It was one That's of always- my favorite books from season one.
0: <laughs> Are you serious? For real? I'm <laughs> serious. Shut the front door. That book was so wild. <laughs> just because it was so nuts?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think I have such respect for a book that, like, makes me feel any kind of emotion at a great depth. And that was uh, anarchy and confusion. And I think I just like was obsessed with it because I was like, how did you make me feel so much so quickly? So yeah.
0: Yeah, also, <laughs> and be like, what happened? It really flipped the yes. page and are like, what's going on? That was true. That Zero was to 100. 100.
1: And listen, all I'm saying about the dystopian thing is to your credit, like, Madeline, if the world was ending, I feel like I'd be wanting to build a fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. that's what I'm saying too. Like, if the world is ending, if there's an alien race, I'm trying to build a fire. (laughs) I'm trying to build a lot of fires.
0: The shell of himself and her love had to bring him back. Okay, yeah, so bring um, him back. Let's hear about it. Did y'all see how I almost started crying when Tabitha said that she was going to kill him in the first sentence? (laughs) My eyes started watering. (laughs) Absurd. Okay, so let's talk about the God Factor. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a lot here too. Wow. There's so much. Um also listeners, this is gonna be longer than an hour and a half, and we don't care. Good one. Listen yeah. how you will li- listen. Listen how you will listen. <laughs> you can stop it
1: whenever you <laughs> yeah. want. Whatever's it.
0: Listen. This isn't a broadcast that just goes out once, so you can listen to it as many times as you want. Yeah. Many, many Pause on the way. yeah. No judgment here. Um so who wants to go first for God Factor? Am I don't mind going okay. first. Go for, it. go for it. Um so there was yeah there was so much in this book i think the thing that really stuck out to me was um they were talking and i really should have i literally read it this afternoon like this portion and i'm not going to do it justice at all but i didn't write it down but the basically there was like a little kind of breakdown at the end i don't remember who was talking to who but they were kind of talking about, or maybe it was wilder, like going over kind of like what was happening in her own brain. They were talking about basically where it started and where it was now. And talking about how there were so many, there were signs when it started that it was going this way, but because of the way it was couched or because of the way it was presented, people were kind of able to be like, oh, or specifically one of the things that was said was, oh, that's too far away. That's not going to affect me. Oh, it was about the soul suckers. Yes. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That was what it was. Right. Yeah. The whole situation. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. I just meant I don't know oh, who was talking to oh, sorry. so um So. So. That was something that happened. Uh, now nah, I lost my train of thought. I'm oh, sorry. That's no, okay. Um, but anyways, so just looking at that, like this is where it started. We could have prevented this, but we let it get this far because we allowed little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit, and now it's bigger than us, and it's literally eating our souls. Right. And we we let it get this far. And that was really like it felt like that slapped me in the face. Because I think. That how do I say this? I feel there's there's so much of that that is relevant to today, yeah, that really. is relevant to the culture that we live in. Um, I in the Bible and also what I believe is as Christians we're called to be set apart, but I think that also it is so easy to just be like well, this isn't hurting anyone. Hmm this is okay. This isn't hurting anyone. Right. This isn't. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's hurting everybody. It's hurting everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, it was just really convicting probably because I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, what I want to be doing as a person of faith, as a Christian, as um, a person with morals is looking At things and being like, not in a judgmental way necessarily towards people, but being like, no, I have, these are the lines that I have drawn because of what I believe, because of who I serve, because of what I've been commanded. And I'm not willing to cross those, even if it makes it weird, even if it makes it awkward, even if it makes it a little bit uncomfortable, because I know that it's not right um, instead of whatever saying something to make you feel more comfortable or letting something slide because it doesn't really affect you. One day it will. Yeah. Someday it will. And so that was really, for me, that was like the biggest like, Ooh. whoa, yes. like, and, and looking at it also in the context of this, like where it's literally alien sucking someone's souls <laughs> is like, whoa. But Ready it makes to, you think yeah, absolutely, about yes. other stuff oh, absolutely. in a different yes. context, you yes. know? 100%. So that was my biggest, like, God factor, I think, yeah. just like, or takeaway in a, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah. This was really helpful. <laughs> Anyone want to go next? Yeah,
1: I will. Mine's honestly, um, it's kind of short and sweet. I feel like there was so much in this book to really glean from. Multiple of you have said that already. Um, And there really was. And I love that about uh, Christian literature. But for me, my biggest God factor takeaway was just the undercurrent um, that was pro-life in this book. Um, Between human life, but also the Nicanians Mm -hmm. and even like to the end of the book when the citadel has been overtaken, and there are all these Nicanians that are left, and some of the camps are really struggling with not wanting to just annihilate um, the the alien species because they valued the life that was there, even of this you know alien group of aliens that had done terrible things. Um, so honestly, my it's really short and sweet. But what I loved the most for God Factor in this book was that the whole book had such a pro-life undercurrent that i loved so much from the babies in the incubators that were saved even though they were um not uh full term yet but they were a priority um and that was beautiful for me i loved it It was my my favorite um one of my favorite parts of the entire book
0: i totally agree okay here's mine it's i'm gonna read it a little snippet from one of the final that kind of what we, we hinted at it. At, in, uh, oh, I'm so curious if you're going to do the same <gasps> oh, thing no, that, that I highlighted. So it's okay if you did. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would be okay if you okay. did. This is when they're like waiting in the service elevator area yes. before the Citadel is getting blown up yes. and they're like not sure if they're, they're going to escape while they're in deck. Okay. She pulled his hand to her lips and kissed it knowing their dreams might never come true. Not the way they thought. She wouldn't birth a legacy, but they're... Were children who would have a chance in this world. Humanity was being given a choice at real freedom. Soul deep freedom. The kind that wasn't about getting what you wanted, but of serving others. The story told of her and Declan, that would be their legacy. There would be joy in the world again. Wilder hadn't stopped dreaming after all. Now she just dreamt her ballad of sacrifice. Her song of being lost and found would point others to the path of liberty. Um, I love... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that that was kind of like I felt I really definitely connected to what you were talking about, Danielle, the pro-life threat is beautiful. But then I think I felt even more connected to kind of what Morgan was saying or it was a, a longer thread for me Um, was just this idea of like, what are you willing to? To live for, Mm -hmm. what are you willing to die for? Like Mm -hmm. those questions that like you have to answer as a Christian, and it's so easy to not answer those questions Mm -hmm. in like a world where everything is peachy keen and aliens aren't sucking your soul, Um, Mm -hmm. but actually like there are things trying to steal Mm -hmm. your soul and Mm -hmm. take your freedom in Christ, you take take you from freedom in Christ and into a place of slavery and despair. and like what are you choosing to live for and what are you choosing to die for yeah. <laughs> like this reality of like letting your song of sacrifice be your legacy mm-hmm. that is such so, like that is so like i will literally sit with that like this idea of like my sacrifice being my legacy what do my children remember What do my grandchildren remember yeah. like oh that's gonna sit with me mm-hmm. and it's not gonna go away for a long time mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that was so beautiful, Beautiful. so beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. amazing, really good. I'll kind of wrap up this God Factor section here. So I think there was so much there. And to me, this is the kind of book where I feel like I scratched the surface of the God Factor in the first read. I feel like if I read this book again, I yes. would be able to mm-hmm. see, not just because I'm a speed reader, but because I think that when when I'm not distracted by trying to analyze and strategize of what's going to happen and how I'm going to react, just like all those things you're, when you're reading a book for the first time. Um, so there was so much. But one thing that I thought a lot about is how much fear um, played a role in the power that the Nicians, Nacians? Nicanians. um held over people. And so at the very end of the book, it's a second or third to last page. I have it on um, my Kindle, so there's like 3,000 pages, so I don't know that that is <laughs> necessarily accurate it's only a 300 page book, but it's, it's probably on the last page. Yeah, you know. um, so um, this is at the very end when they're having their kind of feast. Welcome, Solomon stood behind his chair, everyone quiet. We have gathered around this table to celebrate the goodness that God has bestowed on us, not just us, but the greater community beyond this camp. Fear plagued this world for far too long, even before the Nicene came. isolated us and imprisoned hearts and minds but not anymore and i feel like there's this part where i know that we don't live in a world thank god that that we're plagued by these creatures that are you know demanding in like souls in in that way but how often are little things that like are something that i i allow to grip my heart or to take away my attention from what is actually important and what kind of, you know, cause I, I feel like it's like the little things kind of like what you said, but not even just like in decisions that I make, but like, where am I allowing fear and darkness to rule in my heart yeah. when I know that I can choose, like, even if it's not yeah. an intentional choice. Um, I think that, that that's the kind of part of it. And I feel like some of this felt like she was making statements about how a lot of times sin at first looks really appetizing. I think about that a lot is, especially as an adult woman there are things that don't seem wrong and they don't seem like well why would that be said? you know what i'm saying or like especially we live in this culture that's very self-serving and very like it's all about me i'm not saying there are points like self-care is really important it's important to take care of yourself it's important to spend time with the lord and do all those things but like it can't if it's from a selfish desire and it's from like it's all about me that's actually not how christ won't want us to live and so even things like that that seem like it's but it, but it's not bad, you know, but actually is it fully light? No. And I think yeah. that that's the part where it's like the, the idea of that darkness. And then he, he goes on to say, um, I give thanks to God for walking us through freedom, even if it means it going through darkness. So mm-hmm. the idea that like we as Christians sometimes are forced to walk into the darkness to bring the light. And I think that even mm-hmm. in situations that don't seem dark to others, we can feel that sometimes. And so mm-hmm. the reminder of that we do have the light and we do have the truth and truth won. As it does in all these books, mm-hmm. is that even if they're, they're yeah. not Christian? Always the light or the the truth yeah. is is what wins, and the darkness is what fades wins. Yeah. So really powerful, oh, yeah. and yeah, I, I I seriously think that you could do a Bible study on this book. To be honest, oh, 100%. Um, 100%. you could literally like do a book yeah. club Bible study on this book. In in honesty, yeah. and it makes sense that she said she's an, an ordained minister. I was like, because there is yeah. such depth to the God factor yes. in this book that I feel like we could do a whole. Yeah, test. and I feel like this is a whole like it's a whole cultural yes. critique. Yeah. Yes. Too like. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. Um, okay, so any highs or lows no, that anyone, has anyone hasn't really? mentioned yet? Yeah, I feel like we've talked about a lot of things we love about but I feel like we should still talk highs. Yeah. Um, I'll go super fast. So highs, I love specifically the pacing. I thought this book was paced really well. It was fast paced. I was like kind of on the edge of my seat the whole time. There was so much going on. I didn't have a chance to get bored. Which is what I love. That's what I love for a book to do, is for it to be moving so fast that I do not have a chance to get bored. And this book did that. Um, Lowe's, um, probably like what Madeline and Odette were were saying, I I mean, I could have used more, like, more development of Declan and Wilder's relationship would have been nice, but. I also understand why it was done that way and it made sense to content a the yeah, story. So it's a low, mm-hmm. ish, low. Right, level. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, fine, yeah. Other next, so highs for me was the fact that I didn't hate this book, even though it was dystopian. Because <laughs> usually I hate that kind of book because it puts me in a dark mental space. And I feel like it it brought it back. like it, And I think it's because it was taught. I've never read a Christian dystopian. Oh, okay. I think that that part is because mm-hmm. I went through it knowing but at the end there's hope in jesus no matter what happens like right. you know and even in the depths of darkness no yeah. louder is going to grief. So but for me that was definitely a high that i enjoyed it and was like oh actually yeah. like i because in the initial, like especially when they were like the talons going to the bridge second out so i was like what am i reading um <laughs> that's like, I'm, out. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm out um i think a low for me would probably be um besides the lack of romance um mm-hmm. would be that like I feel like I wanted a little bit more um, about Beartooth. I feel like it was kind of spotty and I feel like sure. the characters were, were so interesting and I wanted to know more about them. And there were snippets. Yeah. But again, I think that because it, it was a great pace of a book and it kept you mm-hmm. on your seat, and like I read it in three and a half hours, it was like, mm-hmm. I i mean, maybe I missed details because I was just so wrapped up in the story, but I would have loved more <laughs> details. Um, I also wouldn't hate a part two, is all gonna I'm going to say on the Wow. All okay. right. Yeah, all gonna I'm going to say about um, their daughter. I know that would be oh. fun. And also, I think the high for me was hysteria. Like yes. I love her oh, right. so much. I loved her story arc. And like Odette was saying, like, I would love to like find out what happens next in Hysteria. Like mm-hmm. she able mm-hmm. to like evangelize to the Nikanians. I <laughs> feel like what's happening? This is cool. Like I like that idea. I love that was story arc. Um that was really beautiful it was one of my for the eyes for, it for sure, and then low well, like you are, you are
1: wilder
0: neckline like 90% more of this, it's 90% more, yeah. 90% more And <laughs> it was like 10% for me, and I was like, I couldn't use that. Yeah, me. you're like, listen, on um, 10% soul sucking, and 90% romance, <than> <laughs> but well, see, that wouldn't have worked for a short, no, but uh, yeah. yeah. What about you,
1: Danielle? Yeah, I think um, uh, high for me. Obviously, there was a ton about the book that I really, really loved. Um, but I even mentioned that I love when a book brings out like a, a super intense depth of emotion in me. And um, I am four months pregnant, so maybe it's the pregnancy hormones. Mm-hmm. But in chapter forty-one, at the very end, there's a part where Declan is like crying, and he tells Wilder, um, he says, "They they took my soul, Wild." and she like takes his uh, face in her hands and she says, <laughs> she says, you can have part of mine. And I, I cannot tell you, I sobbed so loudly that my husband came in the room to check on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have nowhere. I had to literally put the iPad down and just like compose myself because it just exploded out of me. <laughs> I was so emotional. Um, So I loved that. I mean, she really, she really emotionally shredded me in that moment. Um, But there really was so much about the book that I loved. Uh, I think the low for me is actually the opposite of your high, Morgan, is that I just, I wanted the um, relationship between Wilder and Declan to be like, so much longer because it did not affect me when he died. I was like, okay, like I get where her story is going, but I wasn't emotionally invested in it because I felt like I didn't know him that well yet. So, which just sounds so cruel, but uh, that's the only like real low for me is I just wanted so much more um, of their relationship. But I also think that's evident that she's Tabitha's a great author because if the only low for me. is like, I wanted more of your characters. Like what a compliment.
0: So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. Can I yeah. have more memories? Yes. Like them? Yeah amazing wow that was such a fun wow wow that was so fun and danielle we were so delighted that you joined us for this episode thank you friend
1: it was so fun to be on you guys i absolutely it was a joy you guys are a joy my favorite part of podcasting right now is just listening to your episodes every time they come out so (laughs) i will be telling everyone i come across that i've now been featured on an episode i'm probably I don't know, gonna get business cards made with a QR code <laughs> link to the episode,
0: <laughs> to episode. Do not
1: doubt that I, I will do that. I,
0: I want that so much, honestly. Honestly, I think you absolutely should do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I love it so much. Wow. Well, this was so yes, fun. Another so great sweet. hybrid episode. Yes. I mean, See, I'm nice. loving these. So I much. feel like this has been a delight to add to this um, yeah. season, and I feel like we're gonna need to do this from now on. Oh! oh Sweeping declaration. We do hybrids. I love now. it. I love it. We do hybrids now. We do hybrids And then y'all should probably be on at least one system. Oh! Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Well, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in and joining us on this uh, delightful um, ride, and we will uh, see you next time. Very well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep, keep it lit! lit.